So you, you've probably heard, uh, you better not, uh, better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, and I'm telling you why, because Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, you might have heard that, you know, he's making a list, he's checking it twice, uh, he's going to find out uh, who's naughty and nice, Santa is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, he knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake, Okay. Man, that's a lot of pressure, and uh, that is a lot of pressure. You know, or take the tradition of coal and children's stockings. You know, they would put their shoes uh, back in the day in front of the fire, and, you know, for good kids, they got candy or a small toy in there. But on the other hand, if you were a bad kid, you got a lump of coal in your shoes. And, uh, man, the naughtiness, the nice list, uh, the no did I say nist? The naughty list, the nice list, the world's says good behavior and the way you live your merit that brings you blessing that's how that's the economy of Santa as well yet the gospel of God is much different than the message of the world the girl uh, the kids already sang it about a divine conspiracy okay you might not have caught those words but a divine conspiracy meaning that he that God flips the order of this world over and in a sense, we deserve no good for Christmas. Uh, verse 3 kind of says we deserve coal in our stocking, right? Verse 3, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. The natural course of mankind is not that we behave well and God says, man, I need to bless you for that. Quite the opposite. The way the natural human heart lives is in opposition to God. And if we are treated according to the economy of Santa, we would all be getting coal in our stockings for Christmas. We deserve no good for Christmas in and of ourselves Yet, verse 4 has an amazing word in the scriptures, and it's the word but. We were this, but. It puts, it puts an opposition. You know, our world says, because you were good, you get blessed. The gospel says, in spite of your rebellion, the word but breaks in. It, it, it's, it puts a stop or a contrast God works in spite of our natural condition. And that's the good news of the gospel. It is not that you dress yourself up, you become acceptable so that God will show his favor to you. Quite the opposite. It is you recognize how broken and how much in rebellion your natural heart wants to be. And in that, in that submission and that surrender, there you find the grace of God. It's not your goodness that gets God's favor. It's your recognition of your sin, of your rebellion, your brokenness, and your desperate need of him. That's what makes Christmas merry. In the sense where we, uh, if we, by our good behavior, we get blessings, uh, it gives this other, this other uh, trap of a thought process that the possibility of good behavior leads to good things. Just that possibility tells us that we can fix ourselves. Tells us that if we just clean ourselves up, just make better choices, life will work out for you. 
We've been looking a lot at uh, just a, a theologian, a pastor of, in the 1900s. His name was Diedrich Bonhoeffer. He lived in Germany during the rise of the Nazi party. And we looked at this quote in the first uh, week of our Advent series. And he said this in thinking about the idea of waiting and of hope in the gospel. He was actually in a German prison when he penned these words. He says, life in a prison cell may well be compared to Advent, basically the waiting for Jesus. One waits and hopes the door is shut and can only be opened from the outside. That's the gospel. It's not you better act right so that you get presents from Santa. It is we are shut in, much like being in a prison cell, and we cannot fix ourselves. Our world says, shape up and things work out for you. The gospel says we realize how broken we are and how much we really don't want people to see the inner stuff in, in us. We recognize that. And yet that's where the gospel breaks in. Because verse 4 and the beginning of 5. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news to those who have all sorts of crazy thoughts going on in your brain? Uh, All sorts of anxiety, all sorts of interesting ways that life doesn't work out. The, The good news of the gospel is that the goodness and loving kindness of God showed up. And when he showed up, when he appeared, he saved us. That idea of of appearing is what was not seen or what was not here is now clearly visible. And you might remember a few years ago uh, when the floods happened uh, here in Columbia. October 4th, 2015, A guy named Zach Hudson up in the Northeast, he he began receiving phone calls about 6.30 in the morning. He lived in the Lake Lake Catherine area. Um, His friends and his neighbors were calling him because he had a boat and they were all stuck. The floodwaters were rising. They knew he had a boat. They were saying, we've got children in this house. Can you come and get us out? So uh, he found a city of uh, Columbia police officer. And uh, so he's asked the uh, the officer, right, when, when's the rescue coming? And he said, the rescue is everywhere else. There is no one else coming. And so the people that are calling him frantically for help, there was no rescue other than him uh, that knew they were in dire straits. And so he called a couple friends. They uh, launched their boat. They began cruising around looking for people to save. There were people uh, on, on the second store or second floor of their house. They were on roofs. They were in trees. And they were pulling people uh, left and right to be saved. They were bumping over bridges and cars and debris, dodging power lines. He said you couldn't even see the cars. You'd be riding along and you'd hit one. And we all remember how crazy it was during that time. Together, Hudson and his friends pulled an estimated 70 people to safety. From the waters in and around Lake Catherine that day, they were stranded. They were without hope. They were wondering if this would be truly their last day on earth. And then rescuers appeared. They showed up. They showed up out of nowhere. They were not there. They had no hope. The, the, uh, the appearing showed up. And then they were saved. 
the rescues were going on all over the city, but these people in particular, uh, unless these uh, few men uh, had given uh, their time and put their boat in the water, they would not have been saved. Christmas is about God appearing to save us. I love that verse, when the goodness and loving kindness of God appeared, he saved us. The goodness and kindness and love of God, though, don't miss that it's personified in a person. It is he, that he saved us. He, the baby born in the manger, Jesus. Jesus is the kindness and the love of God. He comes to save those who were foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions, pleasures, and it goes on and on, verse 3. That's why Jesus came. He came to save those who deserve coal in their stockings. And that's the good news of the gospel. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his mercy. It's all about God's work and God's work of grace. He initiates. We received his gift of grace. He transforms us by his spirit, and we are brought into a real and living hope. It's the work of God on behalf of people who verse 3 describes very well. The truth that God declares to us this Christmas is that that little baby in the manger, he is our rescuer, he is our salvation, and he is our hope. Now, as I say that, I would imagine there are people in this room right now maybe inwardly scoffing. Inwardly, maybe what Bonhoeffer goes on to say in one other place, he says in that reality, a shaking of heads, perhaps even an evil laugh, must go through our old, smart, experienced, self-assured world when it hears the call of salvation of believing Christians. For a child has been born for us, a son is given. The reality is, is, is many in this world would say what we profess at Christmas, they would say, might be nonsense. But God's word is very clear and very evident in what it's proclaiming is that the God of this universe, the living God, took on real flesh and real bone and broke into human history. And when God came as that little baby, lived a life that we could not live, died the death that we deserved, and then rose from the dead to conquer, conquer sin and death, that little baby is our hope. Are you trusting in yourself? Or are you trusting in a king that has broken in to this world because the gospel of Jesus the real story of Christmas is an upside down message in order to conquer Jesus humbled himself in order to save he endured he endured and died himself in order to give us hope he confounds the wisdom of this world the king has come he broke in and was in the manger do you know his salvation or are you living on your own merits. Let's pray. God, uh, we just thank you for the message of Christmas. God, we thank you uh, that the good news of the gospel is that you show your favor to people who don't have, it's not the ones that have their act together, it's the ones that, who are willing to admit their desperate need of a Savior. So Father, thank you that you break in. 
Thank you that you took on flesh. Thank you that you understand how we walk and what we struggle with. Father, thank you that you are a savior uh, to your people. So, Father, I pray that this Christmas we would grasp that, that we would uh, take great hope in that. Uh, God, be with everybody tonight. God, by your spirit, would you draw people to know you even tonight? We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.